Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome (laughs) to another episode of RTAF. Thanks for being here. My name's John Speaker. My name's Andrew Norris, and today... It's just us. You're stuck with us, but I think it's going to be a fun one. We uh, came up with a list of some topics, and we're just going to go through them and meander and pontificate. Yep. So you get to hear our voices. We'll unpack a lot about like where we're at with the podcast itself, so we'll get really meta, you know? <laughs> um, where we are with life in general. Yeah, exactly. And uh, some other things. So let's just blast off. Let's do it. In three, two, two one. one. Yeah. All right. We're still here. Yep, we're here. Okay. Nice. That was a sweet <laughs> intro. We, uh, you know, in post, we probably threw some reverb on there. Maybe some reverb. Maybe definitely the uh, the song in the background. Yeah. But here, we're just sitting in silence. In John's nice living room, listening to crickets chirp. It's really freaking hot today, man. It is. It's a beautiful day, though. Yeah. Beautiful really, day. Really grateful for days like these. Plants are happy, very green. Yeah, you've been growing some plants. Yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. That brings us to our first topic, actually. You know, living simply yeah. and <laughs> enjoying life. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we've been all kind of stuck with... Uh, stuck at home and there's not much novel novelty going on a lot of like you know day after day at home Mm -hmm. tending but i think you know personally i found some really cool lessons in uh sort of monotony and less less uh novel experiences and blair and i have been growing a garden nice what do you guys got going on so we got i mean a lot of things yeah, we have everything like cilantro, kale, zucchini, peppers, tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> it's cool. Like, you know, we're stuck at home, but I'm finding it to be such a kind of meditative and like, it feels really nice to be nurturing these plants. You know, you plant totally. the seed, you water it every day. And then as the plant starts growing, you start it inside and then as it starts getting stronger, you, you'll bring it outside in full sun for a few hours each day to like strengthen it up and get yeah. it ready to be planted. And it's cool. It's a really cool way to care something, care for something other than yourself. It's right. almost, it's like this little mini ego transcendent practice. <sighs> and yeah. then, and then even like along and then further along, like once you harvest it, <clears throat> then you get to eat those vegetables and you get to share them with your friends. Yeah. You get to like, provide nutrition to your friends and your community. So I think that's been really cool and it's been a really nice way to feel present and peaceful in this kind of monotonous life. And it's actually been, it's quite sweet. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are in much more difficult financial situations or have families to tend for. So Mm -hmm. I can only speak from my own experience, but I'm realizing how peaceful and how sweet just daily life at home is. Yeah. And all you have to do is let it be right. sweet and peaceful. Right. And there's always something to do is kind of what I've I've been noticing. Right? Yeah. You, I don't know. If you're bored, you could probably just look around and find something that needs like straightening up or cleaning up or exactly. you know, staying top of everything, like being organized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even like redecorating part of your house, yeah, maybe moving this painting over there, right? This over here, decluttering is super huge. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of, I don't know, 
taking a step back from like all the social media and stuff. I, uh, haven't been really trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because I've been, I've been supported throughout all this, mm. like really mm. well, actually almost, almost better than ever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just feel like, um, uh, like I'm not posting on Instagram mm -hmm. every day or even every week. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've kind of let go of that notion a little bit, you know, that notion that like you have to kind of, you know, ram your brand every day at mm -hmm. the, at the doors of, of the gate, you know, or mm -hmm. at the doors of the castle or whatever. And I'm feeling like I'm in more control of my mood and my attention. Yeah, man. And totally. I can direct it towards art projects. And also we got a puppy. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. That's been taking up a lot of my time. That's I think that there's probably a pretty high correlation with how much I don't give a shit about the social media stuff and having a puppy. <laughs> What's well, kind of like similar to the gardening, exactly. gardening thing in an aspect yeah. of like you're caring for this, this living thing that's not you. You're like, right. you're letting go of your own kind of selfishness in a way. Totally. To, to care for this cute little sweet being, you know? Totally. And I was a little hesitant when, before we got the puppy, like, mm -hmm. like, oh, this thing's going to change my life. And like, you know, this routine that, and I'm not a naturally routinized person. <laughs> yeah. So like this routine that I had like, you know, hacked away <laughs> at my discipline to get to mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, what about my routine? It's going to like fuck everything up. And <laughs> I just, you just kind of realize that you just shift a few things around. And yeah. And life's, like, life's adjusting too. Yeah. And I think, exactly. and it's a decision made out of love, right? Like exactly. Yeah. And anything worth doing is a little scary cause you know, your life's going to change, mm -hmm. but what are you going to do the same thing every day forever? Right. Like, right. Right. You know, right. It's just, yeah. Like getting too comfortable in a, in, in anything seems, especially with the, you know, giant worldwide example of this pandemic, like mm -hmm. expecting things to just go on as they always have is kind of, you know, you get to a certain age and you just realize like things are always changing. Times are changing, man. And always. this is like a, a blatant, like times are changing. Like it's yeah. very apparent to everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think with like, you know, the internet and stuff, there's like, there's so much to digest mentally mm -hmm. and then emotionally too, because of all that. And yeah. I'd, also like, uh, you gotta be fluid, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and it's interesting just bringing back to how you're kind of like not pushing social media stuff so much. Right. But like, we're all dealing with energy. It's not like you're outputting less creative energy, but it's right, like, yeah. it's almost like we were all caught in this momentum of just pumping everything into this machine. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of like reanalyzing our lives and like, Oh yeah, we were like overlooking a lot of things. Like how am I taking care of my house? And am I like, you know, am I maximizing my life and my resources? And yeah. am I, you know, am I doing things out of selfishness or am I doing things out of love? And think you maybe just recalibrating what's important to you yeah and then you realize like oh i can be just as successful and less just me 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 and more right. about like i don't know cultivating a nice environment uh maybe being sweeter to myself and people around me yeah and like that still works too and yeah like finding a better balance of how you're using your energy instead of just putting it all in one direction or something right or for me it was like I don't know, like, I just feel less concerned mm, mm -hmm. or, or maybe it's worry. It's like this low level of worry. Like, am I going to work out or, you know, am I going to work out? <laughs> am I going to, you know, is this art thing going to work out? Am yeah. I going to be able to support myself and, you know, my, my puppy and mm -hmm. my partner. And, and it's just like, of course, of course, like everyone always says, when you just let go of the thing that's sort of like tugging at your energy in a different direction yeah. or your attention or your focus, whatever, then like things actually start to move and start to happen. And right. Um, it's kind of crazy if you keep a mantra of just like everything's gonna Everything's okay. And yeah. It's, like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
it can like radically transform your life. Right. Instead it, of just being like, is this going to fail? Is, is this not? It, and I think there's something too, for me personally, at least like with the, the pushing or the like seeming like you need to be in people's consciousness every day mm-hmm. on the, on the feed or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that subtly like kind of takes away from, you know, from the actual practice of making art. Yeah. You know, I think I was too into like last year, maybe a little too into like getting more followers and it worked, you know, Mm -hmm. they say that like, Oh, you should post every day and always use your hashtags and blah, blah, (laughs) blah. And you know, like just basically to, to crush it on Instagram or things like this, you kind of have to be on there a lot. Mm-hmm. Like not a super ton, like, or I've noticed now, uh, just keep making new work yeah, and having a reason to post. Just I think that the was, damn thing, you know, that was the thing for me. It was like, I didn't really have a reason to post other than I was just trying to be like, Hey, don't forget about my art yeah. or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like posting like old things, just reposting, uh, stuff that I had already completed and, and shared already. Which, you know, every now and then is, is fine. I think it's cool too. Like, I think it's good to go through a phase like that. And it's like, you don't have to do it forever, but you probably right. do learn a couple of things. Yeah. And like maybe 5% of that you carry with you and then you drop a lot of it. But exactly. at least you like went off on that tangent to see what it was all about. Right. See what works, what doesn't, what feels, what works and feels good and genuine. Exactly. And keep that shit. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't like kind of be where I'm at right now. Totally. And I feel a lot more free. Yeah. Personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's been interesting. That's kind of been, you know, how my life has simplified a little bit. Although having a puppy is pretty unpredictable. Yeah. Like plants, it's, you know, I'm not a great gardener <laughs> by any means. <laughs> Anyone who knows me. You got two house plants, right? <laughs> we've got two. One of them's a succulent. Oh. The other one is, um, I don't know what the other name the actual like scientific name for it is, but it's called the wandering Jew. Yeah. So they're hardy. hopefully that didn't offend anyone, <laughs> but that's what the plant is called. So, um, so yeah. And you know, they're both just kind of chilling. That's cool. They're both little too. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like the dog is just, Oh God, I love my dog. <laughs> She's very sweet. And Super it's the first cute. dog I've had outside of my parents house you yeah know? Mm-hmm. so i've been sort of like petless personally since um uh, well that'd be like 2008 or something like that mm-hmm. so it's nice and there's and, there's like an energy like a little cute being brings to your space yeah and dogs i, I love i love cats too but like dogs have this thing about them they really have like the greeting dialed in yeah. you know they have like they're just so stoked to see you. Uh-huh. Like if you leave the room for five minutes and come back in, she's just like, like oh my oh God, just <laughs> wiggling around and like so happy. Yeah. Cats are just like, bitch, where's my food? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I like cats too, because you gotta be, cats are kind of like a reflection of, of how cool you are or something. Like I feel like the cool you, cooler you are, like the more likely a cat's going to kind of like, suss you out (laughs) you know if you're kind of there for more than an hour they might come over and like sniff at you a little bit and then like then they'll like sit in your lap and you're like okay zen moment achieved yeah you're okay i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i don't know that's that's kind of how my life has been going lately yeah the the podcast too i've been like since we've done so many skype interviews it's nice to just have a face-to-face yeah you know, talk with a person. You really, you miss a lot doing it through Skype. Yeah. There's something, I don't know. There's just something really sweet about doing them in person where you kind of talk, shoot the shit for like a little bit in person. You're like, you, you're just like feeling their energy more, whatever you want to say. And like, I think there's like subtle body language cues that go on too, Mm -hmm. that you don't really get over Skype. Like you can't, and this is going to sound weird when I say it this way, but you can't see the other person's like whole body yeah, or yeah. even like the 
full top half of their body sometimes. So, and there's even like a, like micro expressions are right. such a huge part of communication. And there's like, so you can kind of pick them up on Skype, but there's also a little bit of a lag too. There's so that too. Yeah. There's just like an awkwardness in the air, even yeah. whenever you're having a good conversation right. with a cool person. And I, I honestly think that our Skype interviews have been really fucking awesome. Yeah. They've been great. But you know, I just kind of, and I know we talked about this. It's just kind of hard to, to do them. Yeah. Or, uh, there's not as much uh, enthusiasm yeah, my as we have. Ent- my enthusiasm like, has waned during right. this time a little bit because yeah. there's just something more exciting about being with somebody. And yeah. I also find, strangely enough, the Skype podcasts are tiring. Like, I'm exhausted by the end. I don't know what it is about them. Well, when they start lagging, too, you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, internally, (laughs) you're like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Like, with Jake's last week, we had to have him repeat things, like, three or four times. I I just felt so bad about it. Like, he would be on such a good tangent. And then, like, sorry, we just lost all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Could you literally repeat everything? He was so sweet and cool about it, though. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, It's kind of we both talked about this and I know it'll pick back up cause we're just going to keep plowing forward, but we're kind of, I don't know, a little bit, uh, uh, taking a step back from the podcast too. Yeah. It'll keep I, going on. And like, yeah, you know, everything ebbs and flows, you know, totally. peaks and valleys. So we're going to keep doing it and bringing you the best, but you know, we'll like, we'll hit our stride in different ways and totally i don't i'm just thankful for everybody that's been continuing to listen along yes 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 thank you guys so much because this is why we do it is that we can put our ideas out um and have people respond to them yeah totally yeah and hopefully these bring you some peace while you're sitting at home especially other artists you know we still get all those cool messages you know it, it fills my heart up when people are saying they you know, we're kind of like lifting up their spirits and oh, inspiring yeah. them to create while they're, while they're at home. So totally I think, uh, yeah. Even if it's like, Hey, you guys aren't killing the podcast as hard as you were. Well, at least somebody's getting something out and of it. It could just be that we're like, since we're, you know, sensitive artists, hyper aware of yeah. how we think things are being received. <laughs> totally. That's just where we're at. We're like, Oh, well like these Skype interviews have been kind of, a weird vibe for us and we're not, you know, doesn't seem like as many people are listening. And so we're probably just like, Oh, well, yeah, we're hitting a lull when oh. maybe, I don't know, we might not even <laughs> exactly. be hitting a lull. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should just say, fuck it and just do your thing, you know? Yeah, totally. In a way. It's like- yeah. But yeah, there's a little, little tidbit of where we're at um, with the podcast and which is why we decided to kind of like hash it out just you and me today. Yeah. So to get kind of more like steam or, or fuel into the fire, I feel like. Yeah, these ones are just fun, man. Yeah. I like it. It's cool just shooting the shit with my homie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we actually get to hang out in person too. Yeah. So there's like another reason for it. And we're sitting very far away from each other on a like L- four, couch. Like probably 40 feet away. <laughs> it's like well, a big uh, Viking long table yeah. pretty much. No, I'd say this is almost... We're we're probably at six are, feet right now. Yeah, our heads are probably like seven. Yeah. Seven our heads are seven feet, our legs are probably six. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably fit like a like a an NBA guard between us <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um uh, wow. all right, let's look at our handy dandy list. Oh yeah, we made a little list this time too. That's another thing. I mean we could be bringing it I could at least I'll speak for myself. Like I could be bringing it harder to each of these interviews, but things are just kind of weird. Yeah. I, I mean, guess. everybody's a little confused and feeling strange. So, yeah, you know, like in, in a way, I think we all need to cut ourselves some slack. Like if you're not at your peak performance at right. this or that, that's fine. Yeah. You know, like it's so cool with almost anything. If you're just like, it's, a, it's okay. Yeah. This is where I am. That's okay. It's okay to be where I am. Totally. And then, you're free to just do what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Someone also said the other day that since there's so much content being like pushed on the internet right now, Mm -hmm. like so many live streams, so many, uh, you know, classes being offered and and things like this. Yeah. 
that maybe that's why we're kind of seeing like a bit less people listening because mm-hmm. their attention also is probably pulled towards like what's going on with COVID and yeah, this and that. And everybody's attention is all over the place. Probably like nobody really knows what to pay attention to in a way. And I mean, yeah. And as far as like, yeah, our home lives aren't very novel, but I guess there's a lot of novel things starting to appear on the internet with like, been seeing some cool DJ sets with visuals happening oh, yeah. and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So you're going to be a part of one tomorrow, right? Yeah. Plug so, it. Okay. So this is probably going to come out tonight or tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe t- probably tonight. Today's Monday. Today is Monday. Five eighteen. I don't know. But anyway, eighteenth or nineteenth. Yeah. But anyway, tomorrow is Tuesday. 18th. Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow, Tuesday, the nineteenth, I'm going to be doing a live stream with random rab nice should be pretty cool so rab will be playing a sunset set uh out on randall morgan's property oh nice so there'll be some like beautiful colorado mountains in the background and badass randall morgan will be live painting i'll be live painting and mr melty will be live painting so it'll just be like switching between rab playing some music and then you'll get to see us live paint and it should be um we're almost kind of envisioning it like you know uh, the circle videos? Yeah, yeah. So it's in a way, it's like our lower budget version of Colorado Circle or something. Yeah, and oh yeah. Uh, I don't know, like who knows, you know, this is our first one, but who knows over time maybe, and as we can have more people together, maybe we could throw some really cool live streams with DJs and maybe get some drone shots and everything. And Yeah, that'd be really awesome. Like how, and I don't want to... <laughs> you know, invite people up to Randall and Morgan's, but how circle does it where it seems like there's like a limited capacity of people. Yeah. Depending on the venue, like a hundred. So you could have like, yeah, 50 people probably. Yeah. Once they get the, the deck all decked out. Mm -hmm. Um, that'd be a fun way to do events too. Yeah. Cause like out in nature. And then when you're done, you can sleep in a bed. Yep. It's like, you know, for somebody I'm 33, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> festivals can be a lot but you know if i could just go to my friend's house and do yeah. a really cool event and then go home that yeah. would be that'd be wonderful <laughs> so we'll see what happens you. but yeah yeah tune in uh i have no idea what time it is it's probably on his twitch yeah rab's twitch. it'll be on rab's twitch and then you can check out random rab on instagram or nice you know I will, i'll be blasting out about it in my story yeah so you guys can find it but sweet taco art wait no art taco tuesday art taco tuesday art taco tuesday yeah so (laughs) we'll be doing that oh yeah but anyway you want to continue down our list yeah sure just a little sidebar there okay so what we have next is cognitive bias oh yeah so i pulled okay so all right with everything going on right now i just you know basically what i see happening if I've learned anything from the pandemic is that every person thinks that their opinion is right for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. Their opinion, mostly the thing that seems to be being fought over recently is whether or not you should go out or see your friends. Obviously we're, we're breaking somebody's standard right now just yeah. by sitting here mm-hmm. and, and hanging out. But, um, and I know it's, it's a touchy thing cause people, uh, are dying. I, I just, you know, there's so much information out there and I see people just clinging to their positions, mm. you know? Yeah. Ego and, in full effect, baby. Yeah. And <laughs> I think, th- I think there is like some genuine concern again, you know, because yeah. like, on one side, I guess we could just bifurcate it into two neat little sides. Although there's obviously varying shades of value and, and yeah, and things in between. But one side you have like stay at home, be scared, you know? Yeah. Be really cautious. Don't, you know, who cares if things open back up because people will die. We're for sure that people will die. And then on the other side, you have people saying, blah, 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 the economy. Take need, a chance. Like, we're willing to take a chance. Yeah, like, we're willing to take a chance. We want to see our friends and family. There's going to be 
there's going to be like repercussions. People, like, yeah. There'll be a loss of life on the other end if yeah. we don't get things moving again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, there's so much to unpack and I'm going to, I don't really come down on one side or the other too hard. I mean, I'm, it's typically always in the middle. Yeah. It's usually, usually everybody's a little bit right on either side of an issue and a little bit wrong too. Yeah. But one thing that, okay. So, um, you know, epistemology, like how you know what you know mm-hmm. is, has really been something I've tried to think about. I haven't written anything down about it, but kind of my off the, off the top thoughts are like, how just that question just kind of echoes in my head. Like, how do we know what we know? Yeah. Like, are you really sure you know what you know? Yeah. I mean, we kind of charge various people with providing us information now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people have their own kind of North star or, uh, or, uh, sort of idol at the forefront of their, uh, decision making or mm-hmm. their their cognition and how they think about things like for me i could say pretty uh pretty much with full confidence that i i'm really into um most of what sam harris says mm-hmm. like he's a i think he thinks really clearly and i don't know i like what he has to say for the most part um and he also has a cool meditation app, which I'm really into right now. So, I mean, I, I just want to say that I have my own, you know, everybody has their own bias. Oh, yeah. And how they think about things. But everybody. I found this cool chart, okay, on the internet. And it's um, it's uh, 20 cognitive biases that screw up your decisions. And I knew some of these, right? Mm-hmm. But And then some of them maybe I intuitively knew but yeah. didn't have a name for them. And then some of them I don't think I've ever heard of, you know, um, like the survivorship bias, I think was the one that I was talking about earlier with you. Yeah. So what is that? It's like an error that comes from focusing only on surviving examples. Mm. So causing us to misjudge a situation. The example they give is that we might think being an entrepreneur is easy because we haven't heard of, how many people have failed at it. Exactly. Right. You see, you see somebody who's a successful self-made businessman. Yeah. And you don't realize for every one of those is probably thousands of failures. And even that successful person themselves has probably failed multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the word entrepreneur is like one of the most manipulated concepts. I think in this day (laughs) and age, like, half the people and bringing it back to like Instagram and shit, like half the people on Instagram are, yeah. you know, put un- entrepreneur in their like little, yeah. little title or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, even in a way, I, every independent artist is an is entrepreneur. Definitely an entrepreneur. Yeah, totally. And, but you know, what does that actually mean in, in the way that you should think about it? Mm-hmm. Like mentally, I think people are just like entrepreneur since I, follow so many on Instagram must mean that you pop champagne bottles on yachts and <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking, I don't know what else, but <laughs> you know, I, you buy some shit for cheap and then you resell it for more money and yeah, you have hot girls and boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and th- that was just an interesting cognitive bias that I hadn't mm-hmm. ever heard of the survivorship bias. I think like one cool example that a lot of people uh, would probably recognize right away is i think the first one on that list uh what was the first one called it's called anchoring bias yeah so that's uh tell me if i'm wrong but that's like you're kind of like the first time you hear a piece of information you kind of latch on to that as the correct answer it's like your anchor and it's really hard to sway yourself from that first piece of information that you resonate with yes exactly yeah that's pretty much it their example here is like in a, a salary negotiation or any kind of negotiation, really, whoever makes the first offer kind of establishes this mm. um, acceptable range of how things are going to go. Yeah. So that's a little hot tip for artists out there. If someone's like, "How much for this painting?" If you just say five grand or or whatever, yeah, you know, something reasonable, but something probably a little higher 
mm-hmm. and then the person can can be like, "How about four grand?" And yeah. you can, you know, if you want to be like super like salesmany about it, you can be like forty two hundred or whatever. Exactly, you know? and yeah. then it's like sold or you know. But it's that. Uh, but I, I'm definitely guilty of that for sure. Oh, the anchoring bias, dude, totally. Like the first, you know, like any little bit of information that I resonate with, like my new, you know, the new thing that I'm really about right now is I've heard that there's a very high correlation between like deficiency in vitamin D and dying from the coronavirus Mm -hmm. or dying from COVID-19. Yeah. And so I've been like going out in the sun and just fucking making sure I have enough vitamin D. And then of course, like C and stuff. And I think the overall point of that really could be like, just stay healthy, just be as healthy as you can. Yeah. I think that's something that should be talked about a little bit more is like, yeah, there are things you can do. Like if you can create a healthy environment in your body, make sure you're like getting the correct vitamins, uh, being active, just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, trying to eat decently healthy just to kind of might as well make your body as strong and stable as you can. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think this is a time for that. And and yeah, no media is really like giving anybody tips. It's all, yeah. to me, it seems like maybe this is just human nature, but like it seeks to divide in a way. Like shaming and scare tactics rather than like, Hey, you can do these things and it like, it might help you out. Like it might give you a 5% better chance. Other than like wearing a mask yeah in public which is like which i definitely do i wear a mask every time i go out if i'm going to the store mask time yep if i'm you know that's pretty much the only place i go yeah i'm not about to go to a restaurant or anything if they open back up (laughs) you know like but at the same time i'm still down to see my friends yeah totally what's cool like so as we're talking about these cognitive biases i think it you know we all have a hunch you know around this whole situation or any situation, I always have a hunch, but I always keep that window open of, I don't really know almost anything. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always like going to be willing to have my mind changed even just a little bit. Right. You know, I'll be honest. Sometimes I'm like pretty clingy to certain things, Yeah, yeah. but I always have to be willing to just hear an alternative, like an alternate argument or just another perspective on something, you know, because we're all kind of, there's just so much information out there. And to think that you have the information, I think you're going to, ultimately you're going to do a disservice to yourself and people around you. Right. And like remaining like a free thinker, you know? Right. Yeah. And I don't think any one person has the brain capacity just to be completely honest, to have all the correct information. No, not only brain capacity, but just time bandwidth, man. Yeah. We we got a lot of stuff to pay attention to. You know, our brains are, uh, have evolved basically to, to focus on things and be Mm -hmm. specialized Yeah, and to mostly tune out stuff. Mm -hmm. Like probably while we've been talking, like I couldn't have counted the cars that went by. There hasn't been many, but I just heard one go by. And so I'm trying to use that as an example. Exactly. But like, you know, I'm focused on what I'm going to say, Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking, what you're saying. Yeah. And responses to that. So to, to like pretend or to, to even, I think it's a bias to think that you could have all the correct information. Yeah. I don't know if that's on here or not, but, um, I think also it's like, I think it's important to pay attention that, you know, you might think that you're right, but maybe hold off and just like dehumanizing people that don't think the same way as you. Yeah, for real. Or like, you know, wishing ill will on people that are taking a different approach than you. Like, you know, like love, like love everyone, you know, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, you know, I know what you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and I hate that that's become like, a trope or what, or a, or a platitude, but mm. it's so true. Yeah. You know, like just like you can't control things. And I think that that's what it comes down to. It's like, we want to have control of things. And so when we see people who we think are behaving incorrectly, mm-hmm. I think really what we're trying to do or what people are trying to do when they're hating on them or, you know, bearing ill will towards them or, or whatever 
is that they're trying to control a situation that they have absolutely no control over. Yeah. And that, you know, uncertainty is the name of the game right now. Mm -hmm. And if you can actually relax into that and realize that everything is kind of uncertain at a certain level. Yeah. Even the next thing you're going to think. Uh Uh-huh. Like, how do you know what the next thing you're going to think is? It just is? pops in that old noggin you of yours, man. You can't even control that. I, I mean, you can by force of, you know, attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a great exercise is like, think of a movie. Okay, yeah. what did you think of? Happy Gilmore. Why didn't you think of Star Wars? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I've kind of lost the thread a bit of what I was talking about. Well, it's even like, I mean, if you're like when people do get fired up and like maybe, God, Winston's throwing up right in front. Oh, nice. Here, let me pause for a sec. Okay. Yeah. All right. So John's cat just threw up right in front of us while we're doing this podcast. Yep. It was really adorable. Yeah, it was great. He, uh, He's been eating a lot of grass in the yard. <laughs> um, yeah, my dog does that too. She eats, except she eats like sticks and, and rocks. Oh, that's cool. Like little pebbles, you know, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but, um, anyway, so we were talking about cognitive biases. And so when I look at these 20 cognitive biases on this chart, it's a little infographic basically. I'm like, there's a huge chance that whatever I think is incorrect. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like huge. Yeah. Because like, okay, so number one, that was anchoring bias. The second one is the availability heuristic. And which means that we overestimate the importance of information that's available to us. Mm-hmm. So like a good example is like, uh, smoking is not dangerous. This guy down the road smoked a pack a day and live to be a hundred. Yeah. Using like one anecdotal thing to just And like, also yep. one, and also only using like the length of someone's life to judge quality somehow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe that guy like coughed up Tar dark every phlegm every morning for yeah. an hour. But he lived a long time. He lived a long time. <laughs> and was he a happy guy? We don't know, you know? Yeah. So there's that, the availability heuristic, which I, I, it's probably something I had heard in one of my psych classes back in the day, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's never at the forefront of my mind, but I think that it, you know, like the possibility that you're wrong should probably be at least like maybe not front and center, but like a few rows back and like to the left or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, you you can keep a little, a little light flickering of like, I, I think I'm right, but. You yeah, know, don't hold too tight to right to that shit. Cause right, you're gonna be an asshole. <laughs> Just don't be an asshole. I think. Yeah, totally. Is like the TLDR of of everything here <laughs> yeah. on cognitive biases. Uh, the bandwagon effect. I think we all know what that is. It's um, probability of adopting a belief increases the more number of people who hold that belief is. Everybody else is doing it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what you see a lot of on social media. Yeah. And not only with like picking sides on, on the COVID issue, but I mean, honestly, I see, uh, like sort of like courtiers or courts forming around like big, you know, names or or people. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, now I'm thinking like, well, aren't we doing that too? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, oops. But, but yeah, the bandwagon effect, like my tribe thinks this, so yeah, so do I. And if I don't, then I'm not part of the tribe anymore. Yeah, and so it's just a it's just a more powerful form of groupthink, I guess, is the bandwagon effect, mm-hmm. which is where like you know dissenting opinions are like squashed and not even heard. And it's often why like if you're doing if you're doing meetings, they're like unproductive because everybody's just sycophantic and just like being a yes man. Yeah. Which is why I think the first, you know, speaking of star Wars, I guess like the first, not the first, but the, uh, whatever the prequels Mm. were so bad. Yeah. Cause 
George just had a bunch of yes men around him. Like, yeah. Hey man, I love that shit when I was a kid. Whatever. No, I'm talking <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh like the ones with Jar Jar Binks and stuff. Yeah, are, are I love that shit when I was a kid. Yeah, you did? Yeah, I didn't give a fuck. I was a kid. Yeah, I guess I mean I enjoyed them too when I was in sixth grade, but <laughs> yeah. actually that that last one was actually really good. Yeah, some of that shit was dope. So anyway. Again, I could be wrong. You know? Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was awesome. <laughs> I guess I won't go through all of these, but I wanted to touch on this one, conservatism bias, which is what you were providing the antidote for earlier mm-hmm. about having an open mind and being free thinking. Yeah. Basically conservatism bias is people are slow to adopt new information. Mm-hmm. Like people and I mean you still see it, like it took a while for people to be like, Okay, the earth is round. Yeah. And now it's like this resurgent movement of mm-hmm. like conservatism bias <laughs> coming back up in the culture. It's funny how like flat earth seems to be like silent now that all this shit is going on. <laughs> you know, people are just having fun with their minds too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I can't, you know, like God bless them, you know, like whatever, whatever weird thing you think. Yeah. I know it really like triggers and fires up people, but it's like, I don't know. For me, it's just like, whatever. Whatever, dude. Like nobody knows what this is. Like if you want to think the earth is flat, like whatever. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the thing about flat earth, I think, is that, like, if I'm being very generous, I can say, like, maybe they raise a point. Like, who of us have seen the earth from space? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the earth is a, you know, oblong sphere or whatever. <laughs> like, but, okay, fair point. Yeah. Know? it's It gets back to the epistemology thing. Like, how do we know what we know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's the obvious thing is like people get mad or like idiots, but I think there's one aspect of it that I, I kind of like of just, you know, I haven't been up and seen around earth right? and it looks pretty fucking flat. And I think like, I like just the, like just the core principle of like, well, I haven't seen it myself. So sure. Just cause people tell me, a tesseract or something or yeah a hypercube or a tetrahedron or, <laughs> yeah like i know. don't i don't think the earth is flat but i like, don't think yeah i don't either but, but i think at the core of it is something just a disclaimer kind of fun and beautiful in a silly way <laughs> you know even though it was a total uh troll yeah right yeah <laughs> and people took it seriously <laughs> which is oh man i want to uh, you know that's probably like a bandwagon effect oh yeah right well yeah man so many trollings happen like people troll and then people get fired up and cling to them in different ways. Yeah. And a lot of times you're getting fired up about something that isn't even real in the first place. Right. So, well, so the, the blind spot bias is a failure to recognize your own cognitive biases, (laughs) which is like just a meta bias. I love that. Yeah. Choice supportive bias is when you choose something, you tend to feel positive about it. Even if the choice has flaws, Mm -hmm. like my dog doesn't, really bite people but if you got a dog you're like oh man my dog is the best and then but it bites people sometimes it's like <laughs> yeah eh, your dog's <laughs> not the no, best no. like you know <laughs> i don't know only one thing is the best maybe <clears throat> yeah <laughs> clustering illusion this is a tendency to see patterns and random events it is key to various gambling fallacies, like the idea that red is more or less likely to turn up on a roulette table after a string of reds mm-hmm. or a string of blacks. Even. Yeah. Oh man, that's a tough one. It's like, cause that's what people, that's what we're made to do is literally pick out patterns from chaos mm-hmm. and try and make sense out of it as a way to kind of orient and stabilize yourself in this dimension right like how you see faces in the clouds Mm -hmm. or or whatever that's like some sort of leftover evolutionary pattern recognition detection yeah so that you can spot like predators in the bush or like Mm -hmm. or potential prey or whatever or another human exactly you know like Mm -hmm. friend or foe what is it you know there's a lot to unpack there and of course i'm definitely speaking out of school i don't know this <laughs> we are not experts on cognitive biases i just have this handy dandy little chart here 
confirmation bias. We all know what that is. We we want to listen to information that confirms our preconceived notions, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, okay. Information bias. The tendency to seek information when it does not affect action. More information is not always better. Yeah. That's With a- less information, people can often make more accurate predictions, decisions, choices. Well, yeah, it can be paralyzing, right? If you're not taking action and you're just downloading information constantly, but you're right. not putting any information, you're not integrating anything. Right. It's just like, it's like uh, a tricky or a sneaky form of procrastination in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. It's like, I think we were all doing that the first couple of weeks of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I know I was. Well, yeah. I was like, okay, what the fuck is going well, on? Well, everybody was so confused. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think much has changed, really. No. Like, I just think people are out there consuming so much information and that it might be, uh, you know, as this little chart says, like, not a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be paralyzing. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, in a way, you learn a lot more by maybe just having a little information and going into action and learning, learning through direct experience. Right. And yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it's maddening too. Yeah. It must be like you, you get all this information. So then you think that you have all the information, Mm -hmm. but you probably have blind spots. Yeah. With your own cognitive biases. Uh But then you're just regurgitating that information back out. (laughs) Yeah. And why? Why? That's kind of what I wonder. It's mm, like, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. The first day or two of COVID, I made like this post about things that I thought were helpful and things that I thought weren't. Mm-hmm. And it got a lot of attention. Yeah. And so then it reinforced me feeling like I was right. <laughs> but then I was, you know, like something, it's like, I guess I've like integrated this information that we're talking about so well Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I'm probably wrong about one of those things. God, why did I make that post? You know, be wary of mental masturbation. Yeah, totally. Getting off on thinking that you're right or of the correct information. And it's like, I don't think we have to go through all these because it's going to be a long podcast. This is kind of like, this is just, I'm just putting this out there as, as kind of a food for thought. Yeah. Food for thought. Chew on this for a while. Like, you know, people have biases towards everything. Like there's conservatism, but then there's also like a, probably like a, um, pro innovation bias mm, yeah. or like, you know, just keep pushing forward like this, like <laughs> yeah. we, we should because we can kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. That's I, ju- I just wanted to, to get that information out there and, and, I think ultimately like, you know, it's, I'll post a link to this too. It's good. Like, you know, the ego, the mind and the ego are intertwined and and they're not something to be fully denied, but you just have have to be careful, careful with them and not be too attached to it. And I think, you know, we have to use our minds and we have to consume information and, and try to orient with this world. But I think at the same time is don't lose connection to your heart and love. And, and like wherever your mind goes, don't let that, at least personally, I try to never let my mind or my information destroy my ability to love as much as I can. Um, because I think that's like, from my own experience is if I can just let go of my own shitty ego and, and love myself, yeah, love other people love the opportunity in front of me or whatever. Yeah. Like that, I think that's what like really carries me, you know, like it never really feels great to get in an argument or talk shit on someone and be like, yeah, I was right. Yeah. Like, it's like, like being right. I don't know if that's really the greatest thing to be. I think maybe just being any, able to be anything, more accepting and loving. Yeah. Like that to me, that feels like good feels and peaceful. Better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Totally. And I mean, it's like, how, how long is that high from being right going to last? And with what we just talked about, how likely is it that you are completely correct? Yeah. 
you know? Exactly. It's like, I, I just think that the, the universe in general is so random and so arbitrary sometimes mm-hmm. that you can't ultimately get a hold of some, you know, some situation because it's so fluid, yeah. especially something like this. So anyway, that's just been on my mind. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. And I think, uh, just from personal experience, like if you kind of let go of trying to be right all the time, you might be really pleasantly surprised at how much your life transforms in a very peaceful, beautiful way. Yeah. You know, like it's, I agree. It's worth a shot. Try it out. You know? Yeah. We all like, <laughs> try it out. You know? And it's like, cause yeah, we don't know why we're here, what this is. And it's, it's yeah. cool to experiment with different ways of interacting with reality. You know? Yeah. Maybe if you're feeling like a little bitter at the world, like maybe stop playing that game for a little bit. Like if it doesn't feel good, the way you're kind of orienting yourself to the world, maybe try something different. Maybe see what somebody else has to say. Like for me, I, you know, I've had arguments on Facebook or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's just exhausting. Yeah. You don't feel good. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is, I could be using whatever I'm using to do this, to do something way cooler mm-hmm. way more enriching to me and then therefore the rest of the world exactly or or at least the people that i come in contact with yeah you know so yeah thanks for uh going through that with me and i hope you guys digest that information well and and just you know just a little reminder yeah it is a great reminder thanks for bringing that up yeah it's, it's just cool. something i've been thinking a lot about recently because yeah, we're all we're all guilty of our cognitive biases. Absolutely. And if you think you are, well, you're full of shit. Well, then that's cognitive bias <laughs> yeah. in and of itself. See, you can't ever escape it. Nope. <laughs> all all right. right. So what, what else? else we got on our little uh, okay. roadmap to success? So what I wrote on here, the next thing is where are, where, where are we with our art? Oh, yeah. Well, you I know, kinda, we got to talk about, about it a little bit. Yeah, we already got that one. Oh yeah, um, I guess we did. Well, what about like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you did. <laughs> oh, we can talk, um, about the other thing too. Where, where do you draw the line? Like someone biting someone else's style Oh yeah. or and we've talked about this at least one other time on the podcast with Jake. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked about it with Jake, uh, Amison. Yeah. Well, uh, I think personally, you know, as far as like biting style and maybe having elements of a style that looks like somebody else's or whatever, um, personally, um, I just have a belief in art itself Yeah. in a way that, uh, I kind of put like a little PSA out on Instagram and I'll put it down on here too. Uh, I kind of see art as, you know, it's this perpetual ongoing conversation since we first started writing on cave walls. Yeah. So, you know, art is like kind of its own language and its own, it's like the, the spirit of humanity is having a conversation through art. And I just put it out there. Like if, if you're drawn to elements of my art, like please feel free to recreate and retranslate them into your own art. Like I don't, I don't think I own the language like artistic language that comes through me. I I kind of feel more like a conduit and art kind of chose me to express these things. But, uh, you know, like whenever I have a finished painting, the whole composition with the colors and everything like that's kind of, that's John speaker's piece. Right. But if there's elements like you like the way, like, I don't know, did this line with this eyeball or something. Mm -hmm. You think that's cool? Like feel free to retranslate it through your own heart. Like if you resonate with that, please feel free. Like I'm right. not, gonna, I'm not going to get mad at you for kind of like making a, a few things in your art that look like mine, because I think it's almost like we kind of create these new slang words yeah. with art. And then it's like, yeah, let's throw those into the conversation and you can play with them too. Totally. And let's share. And I think, um, I was, I was feeling that for a long time and I finally felt bold enough to just state that like, yeah, please feel free. I won't get mad if your style rubs up against mine. I actually think it's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of, whenever I put that message out, my ego got a little scared. I'm like, Oh, what are people going to do with this? Right. But 
I knew it was a challenge of the heart. How much can I let go of ownership? Right. It's like, I think I can maintain a successful art career and share what I've learned. Have it be like open source. Exactly. In a way. Yeah. And then what was really surprising and really cool, uh, one of our really great fans, um, she's sincerely sunshine cat on Instagram. Right. She took one of my paintings and then it's the mushroom rave party. It's called DJ Mouche and the Hooray Hooray rave. (laughs) But so she took that template and then she put her own little cartoon characters in that rave and did her own color spin on it. And then she just put that image out today and she said, this was inspired by John's piece. Oh, and if I sell this painting, I'm going to give 25% of the proceeds to RTAF podcast. So it's like like the way that you released that into the wild sort of and made, you know, you made it explicit that like any of the things that you like about my art, it's all open source. I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. You're like, you push that boat off the shore with like, with like, good intentions exactly you know? just yeah. like sharing sharing kind of intentions mm-hmm. so it's already come back in the form of like hey if i sell this painting i'll give you a quarter of the profits yeah and not just you she wants to give it to the podcast that's what's crazy and i'm right? just sitting here like huh cool <laughs> you know like yeah so it's like this interesting magic trick right if i'm not super egoically attached to like this is my art everybody back off right. this is mine i released it out there and then my friend benefits from it yeah like how cool is that yeah. she benefits from it she and, gets to have fun and then i potentially do too yeah and the, the podcast itself just like us you know just perpetuating having an open dialogue with yeah. artists totally you know? yeah and it, like i've always kind of thought about so you think of music right at, yeah. at some point there was five dubstep artists yeah yeah and now there's what 25,000 in the yeah, world. Yeah. And like w- when it comes to music, it's not like, Hey man, that wub sounds like my wub. Like you can't yeah, yeah. wub dude. I own wubs. Yeah. But, I think it's, I, I always find it interesting that there's a bit, there seems to be a big difference between musicians and, and visual artists in this regard where mm-hmm. I see visual artists on the whole. I'm not saying all visual artists do this. Um, they're a little more attached to their, their thing, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like they're a little more like, this is my territory. They're maybe a little more territorial. Yeah. We're like musicians have figured out that, you know, like there would be no reggae music if there weren't Motown because the reggae guys were literally covering all the Motown songs that they could hear from the radio station in Miami. Mm-hmm. And the, that like, no one's mad when you cover a song. Exactly. You know, and you and yeah, like whoever might think whatever about biting a style or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like you see it in the graph world, like real hardcore. Yeah. Like if you, you know, bite, quote unquote, yeah. you'll get fucking you get pissed. Beat up. And it, it is more of a territorial thing, like literally, because in the graph world, you're on this probably public wall. Mm-hmm. And your stuff is out there in the public, yeah. Like, li- like very literally, not just like the digital public. Like we have our stuff on Facebook and Instagram and and whatever, mm-hmm. but like the physical fucking public, you know. And I don't know. I just feel like what you did is is I think more effective, you know. Yeah, and it's like, um... or it seems to further things more instead of like contract them and. Yeah, make make this thing that's supposed to be about opening and, and and exploring and and learning mm-hmm. contract into this territorial, you know, animal like thing doesn't seem right. Exactly. You know. Yeah, and you know, it, it's like I, I'm learning that you know if I really believe in the the meaning of art and what it means to me. Yeah. It means more to me to be able to share creativity yeah. than it is to selfishly collect money or right. like benefit myself. And I think both can happen simultaneously. Exactly. And I think also is like, you know, we all want to be wealthy and what is wealth? And I think to me, the idea of being wealthy as in like, I feel like I'm getting to share art with 
maybe hundreds or thousands of people and we're yeah. doing it together. We're encouraging each other. We're like, Hey man, I figured this out. Tr- you can try this out. Right. And that to me sounds like true wealth rather yeah. than like kind of being lonely on my little art Island and owning right. it. So I think, um, you know, and I don't expect other artists to feel that way. Exactly, so, yeah. so like if, if there's some other artists that you want to do it with, I'd check in with them first. But totally. as, as far as with me, you have permission. And I think like, so with art, you know, we all, we're, we're always trying to push the boundaries of like, okay, what's the coolest new painting? But then also, can I push the boundaries of the philosophy of art itself? Yeah. And that, you know, it all kind of started with Michelangelo. They used to say artists had a genius and then somebody pr- somebody or, proclaimed Michelangelo was a genius. Right. And right. that was an infusion of the ego into art. And I think in a way I want to help try to usher in this era of like letting, letting it go, letting go of more aspects of the ego and well, art. It was interesting what, uh, Cobran was talking about last week, uh, in Bali when, where it's kind of like this lineage of artists mm-hmm. and no one signs their name on these like ornate wooden sculptures or yeah. these really finely detailed, uh, paintings I don't know. It's just, uh, to me, that's interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. because it might be, it's probably a cultural difference for sure. Definitely. You know, like Asia, Southeast Asia seems to be more about the whole Mm -hmm. uh, or the family unit or something like that. Yeah. Whereas like here, like there's a lot of great things about individualism and democracy and all this stuff. We got to kind of fit our litigious framework around the individual. That's all great. But like, Mm -hmm. Maybe not for everything, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, can, can I find a new middle way? Like, yeah. c- can I be capitalist, capitalistic in one aspect of like, I created some art and you can have it for money and then philosophically be communal in my, in right. creativity and be like, this is to be shared. Right. And you could do like both simultaneously and maybe, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's just something to consider. Like, what does art mean to you? And do you like, if art has a high meaning to you, how much do you honor what it really means? Like, right. Are you in action? Do you just say it means something or in practice? Are you really, you know, like, well, but, putting rubber but to the maybe road? there's the thing that rubs people the wrong way. It's like art means so much to them. Yeah. And then they, you know, we tend to think like, Oh, I found, I found this style mm. and I spent all these hours honing this, this thing. Like, and I get it, like, because as more generations of of artists, I just want to be, you know, fair to that other side. Like, as more generations of artists come on, like, less and less people will know about kind of the the person or persons who maybe, like, were the progenitors of that style or whatever. Well, it's like, uh, you know, Nirvana was heavily influenced by, I think it was the Melvins. Yeah. Nobody knows the Melvins, but, yeah, but Nirvana, the are dope. Nirvana yeah. destroyed it. Yeah. Something like that. You know? Yeah. It's weird. Like, you know, hip hop beats are a great example. Mm-hmm. Like James Brown doesn't give a fuck that he's the most sampled. Exactly. You know? He loves it. Right. You know, it makes him more powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and the, the amen break, like yeah. that would have just been lost to history. I know. And then someone... Who know, I don't even know who it was. Like, I don't know D&B history that well. So, like, someone found that break. The whole genre is The based. whole genre is, like, that's the the cornerstone yeah. of drum Wild. and bass. So, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, like, you know, DJ Cool Herc, kind of, like, the, the first person to do, like, uh, you know, these, these kind of, I guess, hip-hop you know, block parties where it's like the DJ and at the, uh, you know, they got it from Jamaica where they'd have a DJ playing tunes on the block and then they'd have the person called a chatter. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, saying like things like seen Jarastafari or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and just kind of like toasting over these, these dub plates. And then you bring it to America and like who gets credit for that? How mm-hmm. far back do you want to go to give credit? Yeah. You know? And it's almost like, you know, it's cool to give credit, but 
what I'm more in awe of is just the creativity itself manifesting it, manifesting itself through the human collective. Right. Like that, that's the beautiful thing about it. Totally. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like I had something I was going to say, but (laughs) I kind of lost it. But yeah, I, I think ultimately just for me, you know, art saved my life. Right. I, I was suicidal at a point in my life mm-hmm. and then I found art and it saved my life. And if I can share that with the world, that's more important than any personal success I have. Yeah. If I can share that in whatever way I can share it, that's what I'm trying to do is like, oh, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't really, I don't own it in a lot of ways. Right. Right. So if I can just share, Hey, this thing saved my life. And if it, if you groove with it and you want to play with it, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that is like kind of the most important thing to me right totally. now in a way. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel kind of the same way. Like I'll go ahead and put it out there too. If anybody wants to take any motif from my thing, please do go for it. Please let me know. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy, happy yeah. about it. Cause that just kind of like reinforces the, meme in mm-hmm. a lot of ways yeah and they're like there's even this thrill of like what could somebody do with what i did right yeah you know because everybody has this unique lens in the world what if they totally. take this thing you were doing and you're like whoa i didn't know you could do that yeah and then what if they open up and they're like oh yeah you can i added this to what you were doing and yeah. now you're allowed to take that and then retranslate it through your art right like it'd be crazy you know maybe like a hyper like kind of uh fostering like this hyper creativity yeah back and forth yeah who knows you know but it's a little experiment we'll see where it goes you know yeah i think it'll be fun cheers to that and shouts to sincerely uh, sunshine cat on instagram you killed it on that piece it's awesome it's an honor thank you (laughs) so um we've gone through our list we've gone through our list we're about hour hour and eight minutes in nice you got anything else you've been thinking about grooving um, on? No, I don't, I don't have anything else. Yeah. I think, it, well, for now, at least I'm sure as soon as we turn the recording button off, I'll be like, ah, oh, dang it. That's the way it goes. Huh? We'll like, we'll have a conversation about doing a podcast and we have all these ideas and then we go to do the podcast. We're like, uh, wait, what were we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> We had to kind of like, what was it? Have a briefing before this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, man, it seemed like such a good idea a couple of days ago to <laughs> just do a podcast with me and you. And now I can't think of what we were going to talk about, but then we figured it out. So here's a little behind the scenes, uh, explanation of what we do at the tail end of this one. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, just thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you again. As always, we really appreciate your attention and the fact that you're giving it to us is yeah an honor really it's a fun little collaborative effort yeah and we love you guys for it yes love you guys thank you so much for listening yeah stay groovy out there homies yeah we love you stay healthy keep that art flowing peace bye <laughs>